What's up, everyone? Dustin Bass here with just a quick little request. If you enjoy our podcast, could you do us a huge favor and leave us a rating and a review? The reason we ask you to do that is because when we get more ratings and reviews, more people are able to find the show. So if you're enjoying the content that we're putting out, we would greatly appreciate if you helped spread the word. So leave us a rating, leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Thanks so much. And let's get on with the show. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Sons of History podcast. I am Dustin Bass. And I am Alan Joaquin. Yes, you are. And you, Alan, are looking absolutely stunning today. Um, One, collared shirt. Somebody told you to start wearing a collared shirt when we do our Facebook Live. Who was that? Uh, Maxine Livingstone. Maxine Waters? Livingstone. Oh. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so Maxine. well josh was going to be on the show but he had a cough and i just coughed like i've got a problem six feet bro all right well i'm telling you it is uh it is not easy ladies and gentlemen we are in the midst of a crisis a global crisis a pandemic the coronavirus has taken the world by storm we were going to talk about that this week um, with Joshua Phillip from the Epic Times, who is one of the main uh, investigative reporters over there. He also has his own show called Crossroads. He does a lot of incredible interviews there. Um, and he has been working on, and I believe he has completed it, the documentary that he was working on on the coronavirus. He has investigated China for a very long time. That has been his whole thing um, since joining the Epic Times. Mm-hmm. Crazy stories. If you want to go check out some of what he has uh, told us in the in, in the past, we've had him on the show twice before uh, to talk about communism and among other things. So um, he wasn't able to get on the show because he has a cough. And he's like, dude, I don't know if I want to be, <laughs> I don't know if, I should be on the show if I've got a cough and I'm talking about the virus sort of, you know, may freak people out or whatever. Um, and I was like, well, is that a cough or is it the virus? Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he laughed. Um, and then he started coughing hysterically. No, I'm just kidding. Um, he, you know, he's like, no, nah, I think I'm good. I don't have any of the symptoms. I think it's just a cough. So we're going to plan to have him on the show next week um, to discuss the coronavirus and some in-depth questions about where it came from, how it came to be, what is China's uh, Communist Party behind it, and all this stuff. So it's going to be a really engaging conversation. Uh, So Alan and I decided instead, are you okay? Yeah. Because you seem like real stressed. Like, are you ready to pipe in? Yeah, I'm ready to discuss No, no, no. I'm like, because you're like, you're holding your glasses. Oh, no. Like, you're about to snap them. Wait, wait. Yeah. The Hulk? You're about to turn green. I I can see just... What? Blue. But, uh, no, no, I'm ready, to, I'm ready to discuss the topic. Well, I'm just explaining like what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about China. Yep. What are we going to be talking about, Alan? Well, we're going to talk about events that have taken place in and around China since really, I mean, really 1927, but the focus is going to be on since 1949. Right. All right. So speaking of 1927, mm-hmm. that was the beginning of the Chinese Civil War. That is correct. Uh, it extended until 1949. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Now, when like, the communists defeated rem- the nationalists. Well, we need to remind people again. And okay. that's it, guys. That's now, the show. In in nineteen okay, the China had prior to 1912, China had all these dynasties. Now the last one was the Qing Dynasty, Q I N G. Um, Sun Yat-sen uh, helped overthrow it. It became a republic. So you had the Republic of China, and in um, 1927, the communists, who were inspired by what happened in the Soviet Union, decided to have their own little revolution. Could you find anything more inspirational than what happened in the Soviet Union? Like, what do you mean? That oh. is inspiration. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's what you want. Hey, can we have some famine over here in China, please? Yeah, yeah I well, just... Well, bizarre world. the Soviet Union was created, and then you had Mongolia turn communist also. Mm-hmm. So it was... Uh, that was in 1921, I believe. And then uh, they read China, the, some of the Chinese decided, hey, we're going to have our own little revolution. Yeah. Um, this is where, like, the have you heard of the Long March? That was uh, part of it. So no, um, the, the, the Chinese communists... Fought the, fought the war with the Republic of China. Now, they postponed the war when, uh, the Civil War, when in 1937, um, the war between Japan and China uh, flared up um, at the uh, Mar- Marco Polo Bridge. Um, you know, a lot of people say World War II started on September the 1st. I, I say it started really in 1937, July of 37, between China and Japan. And it just kind of spread from there. Mm-hmm. So, um, so they, they were on hold and, you know, this is why, like, if you've heard about the, uh, the flying tigers, the ABG, uh, you know, those guys, um, they were supporting Chiang Kai-shek, mm-hmm. uh, the Republic of China. They were, the Republic of China's our friends. When the Doolittle Raid bombed Japan, um, our, our guys flew on and, um, it was, uh, Chiang Kai-shek and his armies that, uh. That assisted our downed flyers. China was our friend. The Republic of China was our friend. Mm-hmm. Now, um, after we dropped the nuke in Hiroshima, uh, the Soviet Union, Joseph Stalin, decided to declare war the following day, August the 7th. And he invaded Manchuria. And um, Japan held Manchuria and Korea. Korea was, was a colony of Japan. So the Soviet Union invaded Manchuria, and they took it over from the Japanese, and they also went into Korea. And this is why Korea is divided, because mm-hmm. they, they split the country in half between the Soviets and the United States. Now, there was a lot of weaponry, a lot of weaponry. All the weaponry that was captured from the Japanese mm-hmm. was given to the communists. Chairman Mao and mm-hmm. his communist army. And that really gave them a decided advantage. Yeah. Before you continue, yeah. could you stop looking at me? Wow. You got to stay in that mic because I can hear you just go in oh, and out. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry about that. Or either that or move the microphone no, like, this is further right in. My face. Yeah, that's where the microphone's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's always okay. a new adventure. So, um, <laughs> hmm. you're going to take that call. Mom. It's mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call her later. All right, so um, yeah, so so they 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 nah, sorry. All right, I'm talking to you. They acquired yeah. they how's this? <laughs> they acquired a lot of weaponry from the Soviets, which they which they uh, they got from the Japanese, mm-hmm. and within four years they resumed the civil war, and within four years the communists captured mainland China. Um, now Chiang Kai Shek 
and his government fled to Taiwan. Taiwan was also known as Formosa. If you look at maps from uh, that time period, uh, World War II, you'll see the island of Formosa. Uh, it's between Japan and the Philippines. Uh, now, Formosa was Chinese, mm -hmm. but the Japanese uh, took it over and, and turned it into a colony prior to World War II. And they did the same thing to Korea, like we mentioned. Right. And, you know, the Manchurian government um, of China was also a puppet state of Japan. So, okay, so Formosa. Chiang Kai-shek and his army, they lost the war. They fled to Taiwan, and they established the Republic of China uh, in Taiwan, the, the capital being Taipei. And it still exists to this day. Now, the Republic of China was one of the top five Security Council uh, veto votes. Um, if, if you know about the Security Council, there are five nations that, that pretty much established the UN. Um, and they all had veto powers in the Security Council. Um, that would be the United States, mm -hmm. the Soviet Union, Britain, France, and the Republic of China. Now, um, both the Republic of China in Taipei and the People's Republic of China insist that they are the legitimate government of China. Um, the Republic of China, the non-communist Republic of China, they lost their seat in the Security Council, and that was given to the People's Republic of China. Um, the reasoning, I guess reality, they had over a billion people. Mm -hmm. um, Taiwan did not have that many people, so it, it just, you, you can't... They were the new power. Yeah, you can't ignore what uh, the People's Republic of China is. Um, now, the People's Republic of China, a year, a year after they won the mainland, they went into, they got themselves involved in the Korean War. Now, we were on the verge, the United States, the United Nations, really, uh, Britain, uh, all our allies... We were on the verge of annihilating North Korea. We had reached the, uh, the, the Chinese border, and North Korea would have been no more. Now, North Korea was the one who started the Korean War. They started it in June of uh, 1950. They invaded South Korea. But when MacArthur went in, landed at Inchon, and, you know... Turned the tide. Turned the tide and swept, swept the North Koreans from them. The North Koreans were... Their army was, de was annihilated. Yeah. Uh, Pyongyang, Pyongyang was captured. Mm -hmm. And we were about to take over the entire country and give it to South Korea, which would have prevented all the problems that we have with North Korea to this day. Mm -hmm. But China got involved. China yeah. invaded with hundreds of thousands of their soldiers. Mm -hmm. uh, this is, uh, if you know about the uh, Frozen Chosen, that's when our Marines were surrounded in the Chosen Reservoir. That, that's how that came about. Yeah. So the Chinese got involved and... They pushed it, the Americans all yeah. the way back below the 38th parallel. Uh -huh. Eventually moved it. we moved it back up. We were able to get sold back and eventually come to a ceasefire. Although the war still continues technically um, between well, the two countries. I think now it's, it's yeah. officially the armistice has turned into a peace treaty. But mm -hmm. for... The longest time in 53, July 53, when the war ended, it was just an armistice, meaning mm -hmm. it was just a ceasefire. That's all it was. So yeah. technically, the North and the South were still at war. Uh, but the, the recent events, I believe, um, they finally have some sort of a, uh, uh, a peace treaty. 
Although North Korea did shoot a missile, I think yesterday. Yeah, but I think so, maybe maybe they realize now. I mean, this just isn't a good time to be starting a war. Trust me on that one. Yeah. So so, anyways, so it's it's interesting that you know Japan was moving up, and then eventually end of World War II, Soviet Russia, the communists started moving down and start taking in um, pretty much all the places that Japan had uh, to an extent. So that is where. We find ourselves um, in the in the in the discussion. So th- this way, China is now belonging to the communists, right. and here is it's sort of uh, you know under Chiang Kai Shek, things were not that great, um, but it's one of those things when Mao takes over, it's like the cure is worse than the disease, um, to where you just you have sort of a, a replay of, of what was going on in, in Soviet uh, Russia during its really... Yeah, its they, they totally changed the, uh, the economy from... It was a free market economy into a uh, communist economy. Yeah. You have the... State-planned. Yeah, they, they would have these... Um, they, it was called the Cultural Revolution, and they would have... I, I think it was five-year plans. I don't yeah. know if the Soviet... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were doing five-year yeah. plans, and... It's interesting. The the guy who gave me this this book, he's a professor, um, and one of the fellow professors at his at his college actually survived the Cultural Revolution. And what it was is like they were taking people who were in um, the city and sort of switching places uh, with people who and moving them from from there into the field to like become. It's so I guess the whole equality type of thing where it's just like okay everybody's going to be working in the field but you had people who had no idea what was going on what what to do and then you had government trying to tell everybody how they were going to do things and you ended up running into a famine Mm -hmm. um killing not just hundreds or thousands but millions of people um were killed because of the bad decisions um from the communist party it was one of those things where if you've if you've heard stories about North Korea and how um, the you know the the dynasty over over there, um, like the leader would be like, okay, um, he knew everything, um, you know, the, the Kim dynasty. So the first was he would just go up and act like he had an answer for everything. And so treating them sort of like gods. So that's sort of what happens is that you have a leader who knows everything and everybody accepts that fact, although it's not in reality. And so whatever that person says goes, and then you do that and you you read over it. And even the numbers, the numbers were so bad during the the great leap forward during the cultural revolution the numbers of people were so bad that the people who were reporting to Mao actually scaled down the numbers that they were reporting to him because there were so many millions of people who were who were killed because of because of these decisions not so much because of like actual personal executions bullets to the back of the head we're talking about Decisions, the state planned five-year plans um, when it comes to agriculture and the economy, these were just absolutely devastating. And it's it's a mirror image of what was going on in Soviet uh, Russia. I mean, imagine, 
um, if our government just decided to take over all the farms in the United States and the politicians ran it. Mm -hmm. food's Can you not, imagine? Food's not going to be grown because you don't take over a business, kick out the experts, and then throw in a bunch of bureaucrats thinking, you know, you're going to solve the problem. Um, you know, that's the dangers of socialism. Uh, socialism means state-run. Mm -hmm. um, we, we can get into the discussion on democratic socialism at another time, which is kind of, you know, I could, I could talk forever on, on the stupidity of that. But, yeah. but Just because you put democratic on the front end of it doesn't change yeah. anything. I mean, well, I was going to mention voting rights and all that uh, if you're a shareholder. But, uh, but, but that's what happened. And uh, I don't know if you have the figure, but um, more, more people lost their lives because of Chairman Mao than Adolf Hitler and Joseph Stalin. Stalin. Joseph Stalin killed more people than Adolf Hitler. Chairman Mao killed more people than Joseph Stalin. Now, if you want to talk about percentages, uh, we can bring up Genghis Khan or, uh, Genghis Khan or, or Pol Pot. But um, if, you look at, if you look at the numbers of people that the Soviet Union murdered... Uh, during their purges in, say, like the Ukraine or the military purge, it, it's it's nothing compared to what happened in in Red China, yeah. and and it's so interesting because the numbers will go, you know, <clears throat> somewhere know between is... like fifty and a hundred million. Uh, I heard, I've heard I I've heard about a hundred million, but I mean again, that, and and I've, and I've also heard eighty like million. This book um, by Zheng Cheng. Uh, the unknown story, Mao, the unknown story. He's saying a hundred million people in China. Yeah. Okay. So um, if you look at a hundred million in China, and there were at least, I don't know, twenty to thirty million. I don't yeah, know. Chinese civil war. In, in no, 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 no. In, no, okay. uh, in the uh, Soviet Union, I don't, I don't yeah. have the exact number. Um, but uh, but wow. when when Joseph Stalin took over, the the millions of people. Yeah. Um, the from, common number, I think, is around twenty million. Twenty million. Yeah. Okay, and then you look at what happened in Cambodia. You look at Cuba. Communism has killed more people than I think any other ideology. Now, again, if you if you want to look at percentage-wise of the number killed, I believe Genghis Khan and uh, Tamerlane they they win that one. They the the Mongol Empire killed more people in the world percentage-wise, but in terms of the numbers of of people killed. Communism has the ideology of communism has killed more people than any other ideology, whether it's a religion, whether it's um, even even the Nazis. Yeah. So we want to we want to just get those numbers out there to sort of an understanding of how bad it was for people who lived in China and why that ideology has not technically changed. Now, we had referenced earlier that they do. The People's Republic of China do practice capitalism, but it's a it's a communist form of capitalism where they are controlling the people and what they do. They tell them, "Hey, you're gonna be you're gonna work in this field, you're gonna work in this field," and they may go to other countries. Like they, you know, a lot of them are sent here to work in various businesses, corporations, and stuff. But it is dictated by the government. Like you're gonna be, you know, you're gonna work in science, you're gonna work in in mathematics you know you're going to do these certain things so it's very controlled capitalism has helped from a financial and economic standpoint obviously and we've made mention of that a number of times on our show 
But we want to talk about why, despite the fact that capitalism is practiced to in a very odd form, uh, it's definitely not free market enterprise from the perspective of like people are able to just start up their own business and do whatever they want. Um, it has been a benefit to the Chinese people economically, but it, the ideology has not changed. And you see there was this, quote unquote, this, this hope that, man, maybe things are going to change there, especially when Mao died mm-hmm. uh, in the 70s. And they're like, OK, maybe there's going to be a change and they're going to free up people and then when um they if like officially sort of adopted the capitalist you know method of of economics in the late 90s early 2000s you see this growth like okay now they're going to sort of open things up and you see a shift back to more control uh by the communist party and a lot of it is because they now have the money they now I have mean, the money they're becoming a rich and their society. hands are in every country and so we're going to talk now about why the People's Republic of China, that government system, and we mentioned, when, and you'll hit on it uh, here in a second too, but why they are the threat, why they are our enemy, the enemy of the United States. And you, I will you let you talk about their history of, uh, of China. What, I mean, what, uh, all the conflicts. Yeah, yeah. yeah so okay. I was going to let you just all right. run with that. Okay, now. This is what has happened since mainland China turned communist. Okay, uh, we mentioned the Korean War between 50 and 53. It could have been over by 1951, and all the problems we have with North Korea would not have existed. But thanks to Red China, we, have to, we still have to deal with North Korea. Okay, now, in, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of jump back and forth. Now, in 1958, uh, when, when Eisenhower was president... We almost went to war with Red China when they attacked the islands of, and I'm going to butcher their names, uh, Quimoy and Matsu. Uh, now, these, these two islands were part of uh, Free China, the Republic of China. Uh, they resisted the communists, and, um, you know, the, the Red China started shelling the islands, and, you know, we had a commitment to the Republic of China um, to keep them free. We, I mean, we're the leader of the free world. Um, so we, we almost went to war with Red China. That would yeah. have been... I'm, I'm sure we would have beaten them because they're not, they still were not that good back then. Right. You know, in fact, MacArthur, MacArthur wanted to nuke Red China. Mm-hmm. And, um, it is very interesting. I do want to point that out, and we've talked about that in our shows, that Patton was... He was like, we can't stop the, we can't stop the war. We've got to go in and take care of the Soviets, yeah. um, which would have been the right decision. It would have been costly, but it would have been the right decision. And MacArthur was ready to go after the Chinese during the Korean War. He's like, give me 20, you know, I'm going to nuke the crap out of out of uh, China. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a very extens- extensive, you know, like, wow, okay. Uh, I don't know if we need to be doing that. But mm-hmm. it's like, what did that... It goes back to the, the cure is, is worse yeah. than the disease. You yeah. know, like what decision do you make? And I think Patton and MacArthur, these men of war, understood the ideology and understood what it would take to actually take care of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to mention and sort of like what we did with, with Japan is like, look, you got to show that you got to show the ultimate strength of the United States mm-hmm. in order to put these people um, yeah. 
I mean, like, sort of, you know, when, into surrender. You know, uh, countries like Austria, which was annexed by Germany, and uh, and Germany, and Korea were all partitioned after the Second World War because the Soviet Union wanted mm-hmm. uh, to have a say. They wanted to have their own zone. Yeah, um, they wanted to get into Japan, but MacArthur was like, "No, yeah. you are not coming in." Right. I mean, they, they didn't and, even they didn't deserve it because. And that's what they, they tried they to do. Joined a lot. The, they started. Yeah. They declared war. They sat out the Pacific War. Mm-hmm. They they joined the war on August the seventh, the day after we nu- we nuked Hiroshima. Right. And yeah, they the would just war, sit idly yeah. by and then wait till more or less the the battle was over, and then like try to jump yeah. in. And, and, you know, so they did that. Here's yeah. the thing about the communists. A lot of people, a lot of people think the Soviet Union. Oh, poor Soviet Union. They were attacked by Nazi Germany. You know, they, they were as bad as Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, a lot of people don't know this. Right. Um, number one, the Soviet Union invaded Poland about a little over two weeks after Germany did. They, they invaded eastern Poland, and, um, they, you know, Germany and the Soviets had a non-aggression pact. But, um, so they invaded Poland and, and took it over and annexed the land that they captured. And then afterwards, they invaded uh, the three Baltic nations, Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. They invaded um, uh, parts of Romania, they, um, which today is known as Mold- Moldova or the Moldavia. And they also invaded Finland. Now, Finland fought back and, and kicked their butts for quite some time until the, uh, the ice and snow melted. Then the Finns were just overwhelmed by the Soviets. And there was even a plan by Britain to bomb uh, the Soviets. But they, I think Churchill knew that if we did that, we, we are going to lose the war. We can't take on both Germany and the Soviet Union. Right. So now, here's what people have to kind of understand is, is that the Soviet Union, the communism was such a threat that nations like Hungary, Romania, Bulgaria sided with Germany against the Soviets. It, they didn't think that Nazi Germany was a good guy. They just found them to be the lesser of two evils. So this is why people like MacArthur and Patton felt yeah. that once we <clears throat> captured Berlin and Tokyo, we need to keep going. And and understand like the, the fear of Bolshevism started well before World War II. Mm-hmm. So that needs to be understood. It's like, that's why a lot of uh, people, you know, decided to side with with the German. A lot of yeah. nations decided to side with the Germans instead of siding with with Soviet Russia well, the, because the, there was that fear. Is like, man, yeah. the chaos that is taking place in Russia due to Bolshevism uh-huh. and now communism is just yeah. Scary. Well, I mean, the the Spanish Civil War from thirty six yeah. to thirty nine. This it was the Soviets yeah. versus the uh, Germans and the Italians. So yeah. okay, now. All right, so um, we're going to go through the list of some of the things that took place um, uh, in addition to what happened with, uh, with Korea. Now, in, we, mentioned the, we mentioned Komoi and Matsu, um, the, the People's Republic of China. Uh, now, they brutally suppressed the people of Tibet. I know there's, there's a lot of people that would drive around with free Tibet. Mm-hmm. Um, Brad Pitt. Yeah, Brad Pitt. That was a good movie. I like that seven years ago. I never ago. saw it. It was a good movie. I heard it was Russia. really good. Um, about eighty thousand. I'm sorry. No, no, that's a different. Uh, that's a different stat. I think. Um, God bless. No, no, no. It is eighty thousand. I'm going through my list here. Yeah, I know you are. I okay. see you. 80, right about eighty thousand Tibetans were killed by the 
uh, red Chinese government. And um, the Dalai Lama fled to India and was granted political asylum. Well, China didn't really like that too much. And uh, the People's Republic, of, I'm just going to say Red China. Red China attacked India in 1962. Uh, they fought a war and they, they, China won. They seized some of uh, India's territory. Now, uh, during the 60s, uh, when a lot of the colonialism ended, um, you know, like one of the big problems was uh, in the Congo. Uh, but not just in the Congo, but in many of the nations, Red China was supplying um, money, weaponry, aid to many of the communist insurgents throughout Africa. And this is why Eisenhower, uh, this, this is the whole, like with the Lumumba, uh, Patrice Lumumba in the Congo, this is why he was killed. He was, mm -hmm. a, he was a communist. Um, there were just communist insurgencies throughout Africa, and several nations ended up becoming communist. Uh, Angola, Mozambique, uh, Ethiopia, um, even like the Somali president at some point was was communist. So there were there were quite a few um, there were quite a few communist nations. I heard when he when he took over uh, the Somali president when he took over and became a communist. I think when I think he did one of his first new like televised news conferences, and he looked dead into the camera. And he said, look at me, look at me, I'm the captain now. I'm quite certain that he did do that. Do you remember seeing that? Um, yeah, but that okay, was a Okay, good. Movie. I'm just making yeah. sure that you saw it too. Okay, uh, please disregard. Can you, um, can you delete the last? I'm about to delete your face. Yeah. Hey, at least I don't. You know, I've, I've what? Shaved. I've shaved. I, I've, Actually, you know, what I think... was it? The photo that I took, you, we're, I called you. And then, like, in the middle of conversation, you go, dude, 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 dude. That was a cool, cool, cool photo of you. That was what you said. So I don't want to hear no, this crap like the about... Marble room, but hey, dude. I don't want to hear... Still the, I'm still the king. <clears throat> oh. Hmm. Yeah, you okay. are. Okay, all right. So, anyway, where were we? Okay, so, we, uh, we talked about Tibet. We talked about India. Now, now the... Um, so we had communist insurgencies, the Congo being one of the big ones. Okay, now let's talk about the Vietnam War. Vietnam Shortly. War. Shortly. Yes. Now the Vietnam War, uh, Red China and uh, the Soviet Union were supplying uh, North Vietnam with, with uh, guns and, and you know, weaponry and aid and all that. Now, I need to point something out. There's communism kind of split after Joseph Stalin, who was a friend of Mao, when Joseph Stalin died, and Mao still stayed in power, I think, till 76. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. So Stalin died in 54, 53. 53, yeah. End of 53. I think March of 53, and that's one of the reasons why the Korean War ended. <clears throat> oh, yeah, that's why it, yeah, it came to a halt pretty quick. Yeah, so um, Red China had their form of communism. It was known as Maoism. Uh, Chairman Mao had, his, had what he called the Little Red Book, which I have a copy at home. I don't know why I didn't bring it. But... Uh, Maoism is a little bit more aggressive in terms of how to take over a country than Marxism. Marxism is more of where the people rise up. Maoism is more of you invade. So, and now there are other things, but that was like one of the big differences between Maoism and Marxism. Now, the Khmer Rouge, led by Pol Pot, they were Maoists. They were um, allies of, they were allies of Red China. During the Vietnam War, 
you know, the, the, the Chinese and the Soviets all, you know, they were still working together so that uh, South Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia would be taken over. And, and they were successful in 75. Well, Pol Pot and his Maoist Khmer Rouge took over Cambodia. And I think, I, I'm, I'm guessing here because I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think out of, an, out of a population of 8 million, it's 3 million, yeah, it's 3 million were murdered. That's, wow. It's like, what, 40% of the population? Something like that, yeah. I mean, Killing Fields. Yeah. yeah. So if you ever watch the movie The Killing Fields, that's, that is agrarian communism for you. That's, <clears throat> yeah. that's what happened. You know, Che Guevara, not a nice guy. He was a Maoist. Yeah, but he, he had that, Fidel, Fidel he had that Castro great with, hat. Fidel, what? He had that great hat. Che Guevara? I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, the I, beret I or whatever. The, uh, you know, the beret. No, I'm thinking and the of the shirt. A, I'm thinking of Everybody a, wears the stupid shirt. You're thinking it's of like, a Latvian Orthodox. I'm thinking like of the, converting. <laughs> Why do you want to be a Latvian Actually considering Orthodox? converting. I like the hats. Okay, so so the Khmer Rouge wiped out almost half the country. If you wore glasses, yep. if you were a doctor, if you, you, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, farmers only. It was an agrarian society. They emptied out the yeah. cities, which is what they did in Red China. I mean, right. they, you know, it's an agrarian, uh, agrarian system. Right. Okay, so now, uh, the massacres were so bad that uh, Vietnam, it was now one nation because uh, North Vietnam captured South Vietnam and mm-hmm. defeated them. So you had one nation of Vietnam. At Laos turned communist also. Now, uh, Vietnam invaded Cambodia in 1979 uh, because they, they thought that there was just too much madness going on in Cambodia. Well, this angered Red China, and Red China invaded Vietnam. So they fought a war. Now, around 1969, there was so much animosity between Red China and, and the Soviet Union that they almost fought a war. They, they fought a skirmish at the, uh, I think, oh, God, I want to say the Yalu River, but that doesn't sound right. Yalu River is in Korea. Yeah, it's in Korea. Okay. Uh, some, in, in Manchuria, um, the... Uh, but, you know, the Yalu River is right below Manchuria. It's, it's the river that divides Manchuria and North Korea. From, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I was, I was going to say they, they fought a skirmish at the Yellow River, but, that, but that's not correct. Okay. So, um, so even, even their own fellow communists, they could, they, uh, they could not get along with them. So, and yeah. I kind of wish they did fight a war. That would have been nice. Right. But, uh, Let's go. Yeah, all right. Today. All right. All right. Okay. You got like... Now. The, stay um, off the rabbit trails. All right. Okay. Falun Gong. The practitioners of Falun Gong have been... Um, Suppressed, yeah. brutally suppressed mm-hmm. by the Chinese government. It's it's a religion. Right. It's, it's a movement. Um, they have been suppressed. Christianity suppressed. Uh, Muslims suppressed. Uh, it, it's a it's an atheist yeah. one state system. We control the way you think. We, mm-hmm. you know, if you ever read 1984, it's 1984 is not about sur- sorry, it's not about surveillance. Um, 1984 is about loving the state, loving big brother. You, you devote your whole mind, your soul, mm-hmm. your energy towards big brother. Well, that's what Red China wants. So if you have a, if you have a differing religion, a different ideology than communism, that's just not going to work. Yeah. You can't do that. So Falun Gong. Now, the Chinese people had had enough. Now, if you remember, in 1989, there was a revolution of sorts where the Iron Curtain 
finally collapsed in Europe after 40 years. Um, the Berlin Wall came down, East and West became one nation, uh, Hungary, uh, Czechoslovakia, Romania, there was a, there was a uh, war in, in uh, Bucharest, Romania. Romania, thousands were killed, um, Romania. but then the dictator, Nicolae Ceausescu, he got, he was, him and his wife were, were brutally murdered, but nobody, nobody blinked an eye, yeah, nobody blinked an eye, um, Bulgaria, all those nations, um, all of them got rid of communism, so the people of China decided, hey, we want the same thing. We want to get rid of communism. Yeah, get it while the going's good. Yeah, that's right. So um, in the summer of 1989, they gathered at Tiananmen Square. And what A little different than the summer of 69 by Brian Adams. Go ahead. Good song. Yeah, I love it. So the Chinese government kind of wanted to um, put a stop to it. And they massacred the people at Tiananmen Square. You might remember that one guy... That was standing in front of the four tanks. That was mm -hmm. Tiananmen Square. So they massacred the people at Tiananmen Square, um, captured the rest. I'm sure they put them all in re-education camps of some sort. Yeah. And um, like and that, the number, that, like the the famous number of people that were killed is like 200 and some, 400 and something, right? It's uh, like in the Square? hundreds. Yeah. Um, I, I've heard they I've say heard that the, the actual is like somewhere probably. In the thousands, maybe as much as 10,000. But, you know, it, it was a peaceful protest. It was a peaceful it, protest. They did not have guns. And I like, know? I do like the, the, the video clip of the guy standing in front of the tank. The downside of that clip, however, is that it shows the tank trying to go around the person. Mm -hmm. And it gives the, the idea or the impression that the Chinese government didn't want to kill these people any more than, you know, the, the students wanted to die. That's the, that's the impression that it sort of gives. And it's like, it does not really show the, the oppressive, the outright violent nature of that government. Well, there was a media blackout. You, you, and, you were and, not allowed you, to see. And you I wonder mean, why. Well, yeah, but I mean... that. You know I, what I mean? But I don't think... That was not a newscaster that filmed that. I think that... that was but that's what I'm citizen. saying. Yeah. Like, it's a famous clip, mm -hmm. I but think, it's sort of like that one that gets to slip right. out. I got attested to... Or what, what, I got attested to... I, I looked at it that the, the tank driver, although he was under orders not to... Oh, he was under orders to suppress... The, the people, no matter what, I had a feeling that the the tank commander did not want to hurt that guy. No, I, I, I no, yeah. I am not saying that. I'm saying the tank, the invisible man, mm -hmm. is a representation of the government. The government moving about trying to keep that person from getting hurt is not a true. Okay, I see what you're example saying. Example, yeah, of that what government. Really the yeah. government. They, the, the Chinese communist government would run right over that yeah, guy. Yeah, and they that did. is the true nature of that government. From from the that's reports, what I'm trying to get yeah. to. Yeah. Okay, I, I see what you're saying. So that's all I'm saying. The, the reports I read were that tanks were going right through people, crushing Precisely. them. Precisely. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you ever watch like uh, the Discovery Channel when they were sh describing what happens to a person if they get run over by a tank. Well, I don't want to know all of that. It's like a tube of toothpaste. That's yeah. yeah. I well, okay. you, you didn't even have to tell me. Well, yeah. I could have just. No. Uh, I like the visual, but well, not human no, being. you no toothpaste. Yes, not human beings. No, no. 
No, it's not. Oh, what's the visual? You, just, you sicken me. You remember Gallagher? The guy that would smash... Uh, oh, the comedian? The comedian, who would smash All right. okay. watermelons? Yes. Okay. I never get that. All right, let us continue. Uh, let's see. Now, right <laughs> now, I... It's like on Seinfeld. Yeah. He goes out on that date with that woman again who, like, thrown had thrown, like, cake all over him. And he wears the the sweater because they had gone to, like, a comedy show. You remember that? Mm. Anyways, go ahead. No, I don't remember that one. I'm getting on a rabbit trail. Oh, okay. I apologize. Yeah. All right. Now, let's take a look at uh, some of the other things that have happened with the people. Now, by the way, the People's Republic of China, they're still, you know, trying to stretch their muscle around uh, Africa. Uh, some many of the developing nations. Yeah. I, I think they control the uh, Panama Canal. Here's what I'm going to do for you. Well, I'm going gonna... to go through the rest. Okay. So ahead. you've probably heard um, over the past number of years, especially under the Trump administration, he can uh, President Trump continues to bring this up that uh, the PRC is con- they they have been creating artificial islands throughout the South China Sea, um, and they're calling this part of China. Um, it's it's like you're taking, you know how they, the, the phrase, you know, they're not making land and you're not, you know, making any land anymore. Well, yeah, the China, the Chinese are. Um, and so they're doing this to keep their neighbors in, uh, out of sort of vital fishing lines. And, uh, so helping their economy, hurting everybody else's, the PRC, you probably have heard, uh, they've exported toxic dog food and baby products around the world, uh, which is something that we're going to get into in a second real quick. Um, they continue to provide aid and weaponry to North Korea, the, the thorn in the world's side, along with uh, Iran. Um, and speaking of Iran, they continue to provide aid and weaponry to the Islamic Republic of Iran, as well as to Hamas. Yeah. So China is, they've got their hands in everything good and really bad. It's like we buy a bunch of stuff from them. The, you know, the West buy a bunch of stuff from them. And our, our activities and our purchases to them are not helping the situation. So mm-hmm. let's move into that and why we've got to change the way we're dealing with this country. Well, one of the big ones is the manufacturing. Um, China, just about, I don't want to say just about everything, but I mean... There is so much that is being built in China. Mm-hmm. There are even pharmaceuticals that are being developed in China. Um, there's a lot of things wrong with the, re- the way Red China works. If you want to do business in Red China, and I think Trump put a stop to this, where they can no longer um, acquire, um, what is it, the, uh, t- the technology. I-, I believe if you wanted to set up shop in China... You had to give the government the your technology um, mm-hmm. trademarks. I think yeah. it was tra- the, some of the trademarks, um, and they're art, they're artificially keeping the, uh, the the how do you pronounce their currency? Their currency. They're they're keeping it artificially low. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that we can end up buying more of our products than than them. Um, yeah. But we're, what we're trying to do is this. Manufacturing. There's so much manufacturing going on in Red China today. Now we just signed a. Um, we got rid of NAFTA and we're signing that USMCC or whatever it's called. I think it's the USMCA, right? USMCA. Um, 
products, or something like that. Products that we have been building in, in China, we can build them in Mexico, Canada, and the United States. Yeah, and benefit our hemisphere. Right, and, and it um, takes a lot quicker for it to get here if it's built in Mexico. Sort of like the economic version of the Monroe Doctrine. Uh, sure, something like that. You like that? <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, good. So, uh, no, I, I completely agree. It's like... For, for America, and I think this is a very valid point. I'm glad that you read that Forbes article and, and that you, you mentioned it, like because that is a very valuable thing. If we can move our manufacturing over to someplace like Mexico, right on our border, and I've, I have continued to say this, and I think I've mentioned it a few times on the show, the best way to protect our border and to keep people from coming over illegally is to you know, and, and we're the big player, we're the biggest player in the world is to create or help create opportunities in these countries for economic development, Mm -hmm. better economic development, because I can guarantee you people from Honduras, El Salvador, Brazil, Argentina, wherever, Guatemala, Mexico, it doesn't matter. They do not want to leave their country just for the sake of leaving their country. Nobody does that. They leave out of necessity. And if you can create and, you know, and help create economic development and opportunity there, people want to stay in their homeland. And so they will do that and they will live there. And that will, that to me helps secure a border way better than, than any other method that you can come up with. Because people want to stay home. I don't want to be leaving Texas. Nice. It's like California. People don't want to be leaving California. But when you make the, the state so oppressive and you can't, you know, make a living, that's why you've yeah, got thousands California. of people leaving California. Yeah. California is such an anti-business state. Exactly. That they come to Texas. Unfortunately, they bring their voting records with them. Yeah. But, you know, the thing also is is the vulnerability of free nations like the United States, Canada... Um, where we have to depend on red China for some of our goods, pharmaceuticals, for instance. Mm-hmm. And, and then the fact, you know, like with the toxic dog food, uh, yeah. the toxic uh, playpens or whatever it was, that, that yeah. the toys that were given to kids. I don't want that. I mean, no. I, I don't have any kids or a dog, but I, I love dogs. I love yeah. kids. And, and I don't want them infected with... Uh, the toxic crap that exactly. comes out of China. And, yeah. and I don't understand why so many diseases are coming from China. I believe SARS came from there. Uh, the bird flu. One. Yeah. Um, this. The, the now, coronavirus. Yeah, I, I know. And it's one of those things like the results that have happened from the coronavirus. Is this the breaking point? Is this the moment in time when we say, okay, that's enough. Yeah, you're done. China, you're out. Yeah. You've been doing this for decades now. Um, and it's, it's going to stop. Uh, you've been stilling, uh, you've been conducting mass amounts of espionage, especially here in the U.S. I got a, 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 a quote, or not a quote, but a line from a justice.gov um, document that sort of brings to light. Like, we're not just dealing with an economic issue when it comes to, uh, you know, corporations going over there and having to sort of surrender their rights uh, to their own technology. The majority of espionage-related incidents and um, that that the Justice Department gets um, is from China. Mm-hmm. You know, students come over, and a lot of students that come over, they're not strictly students. They're not strictly here to learn. They're actually 
conducting espionage mm-hmm. for their government. They've had a recent issue in at MIT and at Harvard um, where professors are somehow benefiting, you know, the Chinese government. Is it, were those incidents intentional espionage? They're still looking into that. Um, but here is the, here's the, the, the quote or the line from this uh, justice.gov uh, document from the Justice Department it says about 80% of all 80% of all economic espionage prosecutions brought by the U.S. Department of Justice allege conduct that would benefit the Chinese state, and there is at least some nexus to China in and around 60% of all trade secret theft cases. Mm-hmm. So China's been out of control, and if you do sort of what has been going on over the past number of decades where you just like slaps on the wrist or, or doing nothing at all. What is China going to do? They're going to continue to do this. And I have said this probably over the past year. So you want to beat China in the economic race. You want to do that. Don't have corporations going over there yeah. or make it towards like a law. Like, no, you can't give them uh, or you, you come up with something to where it's like, if they cannot steal your 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 uh, technology, well, I think if we were to you know or demand we you know Hong Kong, the people of Hong Kong, they were uh, part of the British Empire until the nineties. You had uh, Macau, which was part of uh, it was a Portuguese colony, also until the nineties. Both both possessions were given to China. Uh, those people. Uh, want their freedom. They they understand what what it's like to live in a free society. Mm-hmm. You have the Republic of China. What I think we need to do is we need to bolster the Republic of China in Taipei or Taiwan, and we, we need to get all the manufacturing out of Red China. We need to do less business with Red China. And I, I and this is I'm I'm going to make a prediction here. Is is that if the, if that is going to be the case, then. North Korea and even Russia will see the writing on the wall when they when they see Red China's influence waning. Mm-hmm. They are going to be less apt to want to be allied with them. Yeah. Uh, North Korea, you know, will be you know when when uh, Muammar Gaddafi saw what was going on around the world, he gave up his weapons of mass destruction, and set up more of a pro-Western government. Unfortunately for him, things didn't quite work out when the Arab Spring uh, took off. But mm-hmm. but he saw the writing on the wall. The Soviet Union, his, his ally, was gone. Uh, a lot of nations came to the realization that we better hedge our bets and start working more with the free world, Europe, uh, the United States, and Canada. Um, and and I, and I really do believe that Russia, when they see that China's influence is going down, Russia is going to be more cooperative with the West, with Europe, with uh, the United States. Uh, North Korea, the same thing. North Koreans are, you can't stop the technology, the internet. You can only do it for so long. Eventually, they are going to see the difference between their nation and the rest of the world. And that's the the people of North Korea are going to have to eventually do something. They're either they're going to have to force uh, the government to cooperate more with the West, or they're going to have to take it over. 
Chinese people, again, they are the ones mm -hmm. who are also suffering. They need to do their part. Again, yeah. I understand that they lost a lot of people in, in Tiananmen Square, but if we can get the money out of Red China's hands by moving all the manufacturing businesses out of Red China, quit propping them up, their influence, their money will be gone. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully, the people will rise up and overthrow the government. Mm -hmm. And then finally, uh, Taiwan, the, uh, the Republic of China, can reunify with mainland China. And, and we will no longer have the threat of war because we're trying to defend uh, Taiwan. It'll, it will have a domino effect. I really believe it will have a domino effect. And we will have a... We could have a world where commerce is the way to go. Not war, not uh, insurgency, communist insurgencies, but commerce. Yeah. And I think that's, that will benefit everybody. Mm -hmm. Think about it. I mean, you're, yeah. you're not, that's you're not gonna... doing war anymore. You're, you're just, uh, you know, like we, you, you were mentioning about those islands. The islands that, uh, that, um, that, that they're building in the South China Sea... And that's keeping Vietnam, it's keeping the Philippines, uh, the Japanese, uh, Taiwan. It, it's kicking them out of, of sea lanes, of fishing, fishing areas. Um, they're, 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 they're causing problems in the region. They mm -hmm. are a threat in the region. And this is why so many countries like Japan, South Korea, uh, Republic of China, Philippines, all those nations are turning to us to, to um, uh, put them in check. Red yeah, China is not our friend. We, I can't stress it enough. The government of Red China is not our friend. The people are. We yeah. want them to rise up. I'm, I'm, I'm being political here, but I think if they rise up, we'll... And, and, and then Putin, Putin's a smart guy. He'll be like, you know, I think uh, all the hostilities with the West, I need to uh, put a stop to that and cooperate mm -hmm. with the United States again. Yeah. I, I mean, think, I think it just comes down to... The American people need to know who the enemies are and who the enemies are not. Yeah. Um, Chinese living in America, not our enemies. Unless like, they unless are. They're from, unless they're unless like, they're you know, conducting espionage. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you don't know who is, is who. Um, but the thing is, is once you, you figure out, okay, here, here are the enemy states, if you will. Um, not just from an individual, we won't go individual and we're wrapping up the show here, but individual states as of right now, your, your top four are, you know, in no particular order, Iran, North Korea, China, and Russia. Like those are your, those are the bad guys. And unless you yeah, don't do forget something, Venezuela. <laughs> oh yeah. Let us never forget. Yeah. Um, Cuba. Well, I'm, I said top four. Now, this is the second time that I have said top four, and you start throwing other stuff in there. Well, that's now, look. That's, hey, now, listen. Hey, no, you listen. Now, hear, no. hear it now. <laughs> All right, you ready? Russ and Russ, go. Can we start recording the show now? Wow. <laughs> Can you imagine? Are we, still, are we on? <laughs> are we still on? So, the thing is, is the the... The Communist Party of China has continued to do so many things against humanity, from building islands uh, to destroy other countries to being oppressive to their own people. Uh, you see, it's like you're, you, 
some of the stuff that they're doing is from a fiction, like it puts 1984 to shame. Actually, my friend, when he came back, he mentioned, he was like, yeah, um, I mentioned 1984 mm-hmm. uh, to one of the students or somebody there. Um, and they're like, 1984 is for amateurs. And it's like, that is the mentality. Like, we are going to go way beyond that. When he was teaching, he would have a Communist Party, you know, um, soldier, more or less, in uniform. They're watching him the entire time. And the students, and and seeing what they would say, making sure they weren't saying anything against the the party. Uh Uh, They are highly, highly censored on everything that goes out. The Epic Times has done a great job of grabbing videos that people are posting on like WeChat and their social media. And they're mm-hmm. capturing those videos of the coronavirus outbreak and stuff and the abuses by the Communist Party, by the military, by the police. Well, look at um, the uh, doctors that were, the whistleblowers that were trying to expose right. the uh, the virus in Wuhan. Yeah. You know? and, and But I'm just saying, and the, you know, the theft of, you know, just proprietary, you know, mm-hmm. things that, that corporations and businesses, small business, doesn't matter. They are stealing that stuff. They're mm-hmm. stealing that information and then making it their own. It's like, you want to take down a an e- economy? Well, if their economy is more or less based on the things that they're stealing, well, don't let them steal it anymore and then see what happens to their economy. Yeah. You know, if they're only able to advance by how much they're able to steal, uh, a to B. I mean, that makes sense. I want to mention Hong Kong. Um, they, they've got those uh, protesters in Hong Kong. Now, uh, we were going to interview... Um, there's, a, there's a guy from Hong Kong that I speak to quite frequently. Uh, but he's, he, when I asked him if you'd like for us to interview mm-hmm. him, because he can tell us the situation of what's going on in Hong Kong, he was very adamant. He said, no, mm-hmm. I have family who lives there. Um, and I believe he has to he has to visit periodically, but but he says I have family there, and he told me that they will do something to his family yep. if he speaks out. And that is that, not uncommon. That, that's not that the is way not to uncommon. live. Yeah. I mean, look at look at the United States. We have the freedom where you can you can say whatever you want about our president, about mm-hmm. our government, and, and, and believe me, there's quite a bit that has that is being said by you know our last several presidents from Clinton, Bush. Uh, Obama and, and now Trump, where people speak out with, I mean, just like can't stand the person, right. hate the person, but what? But I mean, you're not you're able to do it. Yeah, you're not it's freedom I mean, of speech. Maybe, maybe uh, uh, economically, you might lose a job or or people Correct. will bo- boycott right. you. But it won't but be the government. It's not the government that's going to come and so. and take you in the middle of the night. Those are just things to to keep in mind. But but Hong, this guy from Hong Kong, he was that concerned. I said, mm-hmm. we won't use your name. He's like, no, no, no. no. I get enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could see the fear in his uh, in his eyes, in his face. Wait a so, minute. Were you FaceTiming him? No, no, no. This is a guy that I talked <laughs> to. Oh, God. Did you just spread COVID-19? Sorry, man. You're supposed to. That's the end of the show right there. Yeah. All right, All right ladies right, and gentlemen. We have to disinfect. As always, we like to end on a scripture. This comes from John 8, 32. And this is sort of the, what we were, you know, hoping to do to give you some information. Um, it says... You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And if you are, if you run into a conversation that comes up, and they're like, "Well, I think calling it the Chinese uh, virus or the the Wuhan virus is is racist," I'm like, well, it actually came from China, and it may have come from China. It may have come from China purposefully. 
not so much that it's spread, but created. And that's one of the questions that we're going to ask mm-hmm. uh, Josh next week. I, I did was say, this conducted as a bio weapon? There was a, um, an article that did come out mm-hmm. that uh, uh, someone sent me. Now, that article, and it's the only article that I've seen, they, they stated that it's not, that it was nature made. But again, that's only exactly. one opinion. Yeah, there is the whole bat thing. Like, this yeah. is from the bat. Just like, well, there's... Uh, yeah, a lot of questions that we're going to ask Josh next week, and we're really looking forward to it. Hopefully, he's got that cough under control. Um, and my sneeze, I think now you've got it, so that's good. Uh, so we'll die together. Sort of like, uh, what was that great movie that you, um, your favorite movie of Selma all time? Selma Louise? No, that's close. Not, that's not I my, I, going I've never knew. I do not like Selma or Thelma. Thelma and Louise. Selma and Louise. Thelma. Oh, you were sick. Thelma. You know, yesterday was Selma the, or Thelma. No, Selma was the bridge mm-hmm. in Alabama. Thelma was Jr. the Evans from Good Cross. Times. JJ's uh, sister. Beautiful. All right, you're okay. Where can people find us? I want to end this now. <laughs> All right, they can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. We also have our very own website, www.thesonsofhistory.com. Yes, we do. Now, Dustin and I are also, um, we're not reporters, but we, we write articles for We do the, op-eds. We do op-eds for the Epic Times. Mine's more of history. I don't know what yours is. Why do you not read my articles? I've read your articles, but some of them aren't necessarily history. They're not always history. Mine, mine are always history. Sometimes mine are from a legal perspective. I've tried to throw in a lot of the constitutional stuff. I recently wrote an article, hopefully it'll get picked up, based on uh, the headline or the title of it is uh, COVID-19... China, um, no, 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 my bad, COVID-19, Madison, and the consequences of crisis legislation. Mm. Man, okay. that's tough to remember. Well, um, we both have recent articles. Hmm. With Hopefully the, it'll get picked up. I'll yeah. release it, uh, let people know about it. Yeah. We, we both have had recent articles with the Epic Times. I'm I'm actually going to write, I'm going to try to write two of them. Did you read my St. Patrick's one? Yeah. Yeah? Did yeah. you like it? Yeah. You liar. I even uh, posted it on, I shared it on my yeah, page. Yeah, I know. You're like, hey, my friend wrote something. I didn't say my friend. I said uh, my partner, business <laughs> business partner. <laughs> We're so much more than yeah. friends. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. No, not at all. No. Anyway, uh, so I'm going to actually write a couple. I'm going to try to write two articles about the Texas Revolution mm-hmm. when after, everybody knows about the uh, the Battle of the Alamo. But a lot of people don't know what happened after the Battle of the Alamo. Uh-huh. You had um, the massacre um, at Goliad. You had the runaway scrape. And then the decisive Battle of San Jacinto. Beautiful. I actually watched the Alamo uh, this past week. It's really Wh- good. Which one? The one with... Um, John Wayne or the... Dennis uh, Quaid. Dennis Quaid, okay. Yeah. yeah. Stephen you know, Harden who? actually was a consultant on that movie. Who? Stephen Harden. Was he? Okay. Texian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I heard that. Um What's his name? Russell Crowe was supposed to play Sam Houston. Really? Yeah, that would have been a good... Uh... He would have been good, too, but I think Dennis Quaid played a great role. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. He's from Texas, anyway, yeah. so... And he rode that cow... He played... He uh, that cow? Halsey. No, he rode the horse pretty good. He played Halsey in All the right, movie. All right, let's end it. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Anyway, so... Uh, you and I are just, like, rambling on yeah. now. <laughs> We're so excited about... What? Okay, so anyway, yeah, so uh, read, read our articles in the Epic Times. Yep, you'll enjoy them. We've got a number of them out there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the show. We thank you very much 
for joining us. And thank you so much, everybody on Facebook Live who joined us. Hope you enjoyed the entertainment value while you are stranded at the house. All right. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. We will talk to you next week.